morning, campers. <laughs> oh, I'm back, baby. We are back. Here we go. Let's do this. The holidays are alive. We are we are riding that sleigh into the holidays. This is definitely my favorite Christmas song. It's become that. It's official. I wanted to announce that right here on air. All right. Yeah, that's my favorite Christmas song. That song is so good. Um, I remember hearing it, I think, when I was in college. And I was just like, I I wasn't like, who is that? (laughs) It's pretty clear who it is. But I was like, damn, I'd never heard of it before. And it's funny. I was literally just... I do like Christmas music, but I don't really love like the Andy Williams and like the, the Bing Crosby ones. And like I do, but there's something so melancholy about them that like, and there's something kind of melancholy about Christmas in general, but like, I just, I, I do enjoy the more upbeat ones. Um, like the I'll be home or like the have yourself a merry little Christmas, the I'll be home for Christmas. They're so that there's just, there's something so like John candy and planes, trades and automobiles about them. Like they're just very, there, there, there are definitely Christmas songs that are, that tap into like the somber side of the holidays. And I'm, I'm always just like, when they come on, it's just like, Oh Jesus Christ. Are you killing me? Let's get this. Uh, and maybe there's like a, maybe, maybe the little St. Nick is a little bit darker, but like, because, I mean, think about it. Who are we talking about? We're talking about the Beach Boys who had these, like, what seemed like these fun California surfer songs. But then when you actually listen to them, it's like, wait, these songs are kind of dark. So, like, maybe I'm... It's just the groove, though, is so jolly. So, <clears throat> so yeah, that's my favorite Christmas song. Um, and, all right, guys, I'm back. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm still working. I'm still working on the same script. And it's going great. This thing is becoming something that I don't think I even, I don't think I even realized that it could have, it could be what it's becoming, but it's going great. And and it's annoying because like this script would probably, probably have been like, I finished it in February. It probably would have sold 10 years ago. It probably would have sold then in my opinion, because like that was back when, and in 1991, I would have sold it at like a fucking Laker game by just saying what the premise was. Um, but the industry is just not forking out money as, as easily as they were, which is actually a good thing because that was always the problem with, with being a screenwriter. Like not that you should ever make your identity, what your job is, but like, you know, when, when people ask you what you do, which I don't say anymore, (laughs) I like, I, I, there's something so like, harsh about what do you do i say what line of work are you in that's just an easier just more like pleasant way of asking somebody what they do for a living what do you do i just i it's something there's something so like abrupt about it that i don't like so what line of work are you god michael keaton before birdman was kind of uncomfortable i'm watching jack frost right now because um eve of destruction is on comet and i've already i've already watched that i've already done a pod on that so i'm just going to stick with jack frost but uh michael keaton before um michael keaton before birdman he like uh, he I, there was, he's got like he's got like frosted tips in this fucking movie um 
and what is he? He plays like some like blues musician. At, he he just he needed Birdman. He he was just kind of something happened. I'm trying to think maybe after. So Batman, Batman Returns. I know I'm, I know I just took a total left turn here, but like Batman, Batman Returns, uh, Pacific Heights. Uh, what else in the '90s? Like <clears throat> when was Clean and Sober? I feel like that was the '80s. What was like his last great '90s role? Um, I mean like Beetlejuice, but that was like '89. But like something, something happened after something happened after Pacific Heights, I think. Because um, he was in like multiplicity, but it's like like come on, like okay, that movie's kind of great, but like he something happened, and Jack Frost. This movie seems terrible. <laughs> um, He's got like blonde. He's got like definitely like colored hair. Uh, it's like blonde on top. He's he's like it just seems shitty. Uh, I don't know. And then Birdman. And now he's back. Now now he's fucking back. Um, but anyway, uh, he's Batman again. Even though he's Birdman. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. The identity of a screenwriter. Uh, it can be tricky and you should never make your identity what you do for a living. But there was always this thing where you set up all these things around town. And then when somebody asks you, Oh, what do you do? It's I'm a screenwriter. Oh, what movies have you written? It's like, well, I haven't, but I have all these things sold and I get paid. Da, 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 da. And when you have to over explain your job, somebody, it makes it seem like you're not actually doing well. But now the way that Hollywood is kind of operating, I'm starting to learn is that if they're going to buy something, they're going to buy it with the intention to make it not buy it and then develop it for years. And, and then at the end of the year, when they're going over their books, they're like, why do how, why have we spent $3 million developing uh, super farts? <laughs> Like, like I get it. Like I, it's frustrating, but I get it. So now if like you, again, like I said, like if you sell something now and I'm not saying I'm going to sell the screenplay, but like it's, it's kind of going in that direction without like jinxing anything. It's kind of going in that direction, but it, it's, it's exciting. It's even more exciting because it's it's if someone's going to buy something that me, that means that they're probably going to make it they want to make everything that they buy but like it's not realistic and i think they've kind of like they're just not spending as much money so it's frustrating but it's actually forcing you it's kind of forcing everybody to step it up a little bit which i kind of like because like when this industry was just throwing money around it kind of you could kind of just like not work hard because Brandon and i worked really hard but like a lit there it kind of made you, it's just like, Oh, just put this together and then, and then they'll buy it. And it's like, okay, great. But like this new, this new for this new industry is kind of forcing you to step it up. And that's why, uh, I'm stepping up. I mean, I kind of have no choice cause it's, it's just me now, but like I do, this is why I'm working so hard is because like it is me now. I'm really close. This thing is something that I don't think I, 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 thought that it could be and yeah and then that's and then that's it and i'm not going to get into it and bore you guys with the inner workings of hollywood but i'm back i'm still working i'm probably going to have work to do <laughs> over the next week but fuck it it is what it is and i'm going to do it uh but i missed you guys and i'm back so i'm back i probably won't do a pod next week but then i'll be back i think we'll be back to our regular programming in, J- in january
when I be when either A, I'm done with this thing, and B, I'm just working at something where it's just not crunch time. I've just been in crunch time uh, the past month, and it has gotten in the way of camp. But the walls are. But in that, <laughs> we painted the cabins. Uh, we stocked up on the goat soap, and uh, camp is open now. Michael Keaton has this. Yeah, yeah, he's a blue. He's a blues guy. He's got like the blues. God, white bluesmen <laughs> are just not cool. Um, they're not that cool. I mean, I guess Stevie Ray, you have to be, unless you're Stevie Ray Vaughan or Pigpen from the Grateful Dead. If you're not one of those two guys, you're just not cool. Like I, I, I knew it as soon as I saw the opening scene to this movie, Michael Keaton's just this like white blues guy with like a blazer and like a white t-shirt underneath, just like doing the generic Mustang Sally thing. And then now he, he's, he's rocking this like. He's rocking this white cutoff tee as he's getting ready to go to bed and brushing his teeth. But then he's got like the Muddy Waters poster like over his bed. It's like, God, white blues men like they're nice. They're not cool. I mean, well, let's talk about that. Like Pigpen was cool. Pigpen from the Grateful Dead was cool. Uh, Stevie Ray Vaughn was cool. But see, Stevie Ray Vaughn is the reason why there's so many of these fucking dipshits. Um because then white people were just like, oh, I can do this too. <laughs> like, I love the blues, but like, oh, I can do this. So then there's Stevie Ray Vaughan. Then there's like Joe Bonamassa, who he's a great guitar player, but like, and then there's John Mayer, who it's like, you know, I mean, I don't know. Do you, is John Mayer cool? But like, they're great guitar players, but there's just something about like the white guy with the strat, like the black, like Heisenberg hat, just up there doing the blues with like the sun. The blues brothers are cool. Um, but blues brothers, like blues brothers now are like blues brothers. Reenactors are not cool. Um, blues is a tough one, especially if you're white, if you're white, it's cause you want to be cool so bad because those old blues musicians are like, they're like the real deal. And like you want, <laughs> they want to be those guys, but like the, it's just like the black leather jackets and they're like a black blazer. Like I know what Michael Keaton's going for here. <laughs> um, He's a bluesman, but like he's a bluesman that lives in this like craftsman house and it seems like things are actually going pretty well. And like the poster of Muddy Waters and these other blues singers is like, it's like hanging above his bed. It's like, it's like a new poster. He probably got it at like the mall. Um, I don't know. White bluesman. Uh, it's, it's a tough, but what an odd character for this movie. Jack Frost. Is this the horror movie? Or is this like a comedy? I've never seen this movie, but like, I'm Michael Keaton's about to turn into a snowman. I think is it, but he's like an evil snowman. I, yeah, what is what is this movie? Because um, there is a horror movie about a snowman. This is definitely from '97. Yeah, yeah, this is a horror movie. A notorious serial killer, Jack Frost, is being driven to his execution. The truck carrying the murdered it called psychopath. Wait, no. Oh, no. Wait. That's a different... Okay, this is not that. What is this, though? Jack Frost... Oh, from 1998. Wow, there's two Jack Frosts. As a touring musician clinging to dreams of stardom, he's so clinging to dreams of stardom because that's with, like, the bleached or, like, the blonde hair on top. Um, Wow, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. That hurts. Are you after Jack's... Oh, so he dies. Ah, got it. 
Okay, so, oh, man, that's fucking weird. As a aging rock, aging rocker Jack Frost never had much time for his wife, Gabby. A year after Jack's tragic death in a car accident, cousin Charlie plays a mournful tune, much to his surprise. The elder Frost is magically brought to life as this. That's, that would, that's dark. This movie's dark. So Michael Keaton's a musician, abused by blue. He's a, he's a, blue, he's a white bluesman. He dies. And then he comes back to life as a fucking snowman. That that's how is that? I oh my lord, dude, that's so dark. I'd rather watch the horror movie from 1997 that I thought was this. This movie's fucking dark. And oh, and this kid's not gonna have PTSD from that. Like, wait, dad's dead, but he's the snowman. <laughs> oh wow. Holy shit. I never, it's so funny. I never even talk about that. Wow. (laughs) See, that's what I'm saying. Like Hollywood used to just like fucking fork over money to anything. And they don't do that now. That now granted, like not all movies are great now, but, but see, that's the reason. That's the reason why so many movies are remakes, reboots, uh, 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 sequels, uh, or like books or superheroes because it's just kind of like they're, they're following a formula of just making money because they threw so much money at things like Jack Frost that when you break it down is like a really demented premise. Now, Grant, like I loved the nineties. I loved the bizarro. That, that's the thing, like the bizarro movies that you, you look back on from like the eighties and nineties that it's just like, Whoa, see, I love that. There's, there's like a, there's like a, a real nostalgia for that because it's kind of one of those things where it's like, do we think too much now? <laughs> like sometimes when, when things were not as over, were not as overthought, they were, they were clearly not overthought, but like they were like just bonkers. And there was just, there was a, there was like an odd charm to them, even though like some of it was, you know, sometimes a little racist, but like now it's like, things are so overthought that it's like, I think it it can, you know, I shouldn't say it, it, it ruins it. It doesn't like, it, it is good to take a beat and really like think things through because it can lead to something great. But like, there is something about like the way it was back and what like this industry was just like, like just high on everything. Uh, when this, this industry was just like crushing blow, um, you could see it in the movies, but I don't know. There was, there was a, there was a charm to it actually. Um, but no, but like now the, the industry is a little bit more buttoned up and in places it shows like really well, but other places it's like, it's almost too buttoned up. Like go maybe if the industry could go maybe a few buttons down and, and kind of merge the, the new, the new kind of like really overthought, really airtight with kind of like the old, like the Jack Frost, and like the, I, I could go on like the, you know, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he's pregnant. Like, like you like, like if we can if we can marry those two a little bit more, I think it could lead to something something good. But uh, whatever. Um, this movie's fucking dark, and Michael Keaton's about to die. Um, wow. Well, I mean, is that a good trade off? <laughs> okay, so he was a aging rocker who who wanted to be famous, so he's distant from his kids. But then the way to become closer to his kids is he he comes back as a snowman, like. I'd rather remember the shitty dad who wanted to be a rock star. Like, wait, so 
because I mean, it actually does the, the 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 his home life doesn't look that bad. I don't know. I'll I'll take the 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 dad who's always on tour and isn't there for like my basketball game or whatever. Then the dad that comes back as a snowman. Like fuck that. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, we're back. So so let's get into it because I had some stuff written down and I got to make this a quick pod because I got again I got to get back to work. Uh, so a lot has happened since we last talked. White Lotus wrapped up. It was great. I loved it. I thought that that I thought that second season was like perfect. I really did. The first it just felt more. I don't know. Wow, wow, jib jab. Remember jib jab? Those videos that you would literally get where it's like your dog is like on an elf dancing like that probably jib jab. I feel like led to so many like many little anxiety attacks in the moment that you watched the movies. Um, but anyway, white Lotus was great. I loved it. Uh, I think the second season was better than the first season. It just felt more sure of itself and more confident. Uh, the first season just had a little bit of like, a. It had just like a national lampoons. Like I, I, I mean that I don't mean that literally, but it just had like a crazy vacation kind of vibe to it. Even though it was great, there was a silliness to it that this new season didn't have, and I kind of liked it. I liked this new season a lot because um, I feel like it got more into. I feel like it got into the characters more now. Granted, that might be because I've, I've, it's just been a sec since I've watched the first season. So the second scene is just more fresh in my head, but I really just gravitated to the second season more. It was great. I tried to make a meme starter pack about the day after a, a great season finale because it's literally all anybody talks about. Um, oh, get the fuck out of here with Henry Rollins. <laughs> they really casted Henry Rollins. Man, he's such a dweeb. He just had that, God damn it, Henry Rollins. He just had that angry muscle tattoo guy that, like, oddly worked in, like, so, like, he's in this movie, and then he was in, like, Lost High. He was in a lot of movies in the 90s, but, like, God, he's such a dork. I'm sorry. I, I think Henry Rollins is such a fucking, he's just, there's just something just dorky about him. I think it's because it's, like, Again, he was this like angry punk rocker, uh, but then it just, so you're like, oh yeah, I, I guess, <laughs> but then it's like, it just starts to wear out its welcome. Um, cause he, cause he's like really intellectual, like he's really intelligent, but he's also this like meathead. But like I don't know what I'm trying to make. I just I, I just think Henry Rollins is a, is a dork. That's all. Um, uh, uh, there goes Keaton in the studio with the with the harmonica. God, white white bluesman. <laughs> Talk about having the blues. That probably gave like black new blues musicians more of the blues, where they're like, God, what did they do to our fucking art form here? Um, so yeah, so White Lotus. Is was great, but I watched the Fablemans last night, and all right, the Fablemans, which if, if you don't know, which which if you don't know, it's it's basically the Steven Spielberg biopic. Like, so there's a documentary on Steven Spielberg that, in my opinion, was better. Like most of like, it's kind of how it goes. Like, there's a documentary that comes out about something that happened or about somebody, and it's great, and then they make a movie about it because they're just kind of you know. They're, they're trying to cash in on just this moment where people are 
you know, locked in on something on a subject. It's like Elizabeth Holmes or um, what's another one? Uh, there's a ton of them. So yeah, so the Fableman. So there's a Steven Spielberg documentary on HBO that's really really good that like covers it all. And then so there's the movie The Fablemans, which which is about like Steven Spielberg kind of dealing with his parents' sort of divorce. But then, ha- but then also discovering like what he wants to do uh, in life. Oh, he forgot the kids' hockey game. You were, he was just lost in the blues. That happens. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah. So the Fableman. So okay. So so it's yeah. It's about Steven Spielberg and how he discovers filmmaking and kind of how his parents' divorce kind of like you know had a lasting impact on him and kind of carried throughout all carried throughout the rest of his career. Um, the movie's good. It, it's, it's good because it's Spielberg. And even though I don't think Steven Spielberg has really made a great movie, like a, like, okay. Munich is great. And the world, the world is okay, but Munich is great. But like when I'm talking Steven Spielberg, I'm talking like, I'm talking Steven Spielberg, like what he did so well in the seventies and eighties, like the kids, aliens monsters like that was his kids aliens and monsters that was his fucking bread and butter uh this movie taps into the kids element of it but i just i miss when his movies had monsters uh when he makes movies about like real situations i'm kind of like eh. <laughs> um but again but you know schindler's list and saving private ryan are, are great um and but and Munich is great, but like the really like the the adventure Spielberg, like that's 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 the good stuff. So the Fablemans has that a little bit because it, it it's him as a kid, and he, he's discovering his passion for for filmmaking. So that's great. So when you're watching, you're just like, oh, this is cool. Like that, those parts of the movie are cool. Then when it's not that, even though this stuff that that is existing aside from that is help fueling his artistic expression it's kind of like yeah but i just don't really give a fuck like i think that's the thing i don't i don't really care uh like okay yeah it's interesting but but it all it kind of comes off as like self-indulgent a little bit uh the movie like it's not too self-indulgent, but like it is. So Steven Spielberg made a biopic about him. It doesn't get any more self-indulgent than that. Like that's literally the most self-indulgent thing I've ever fucking heard of in my life. But like, but the movie is done in it in like, and there, there's like an elegance to it where it's, it's like, I don't know. It's like, I, I think this was my problem with it. It's like he, I think he was, he was aware of what he was doing, obviously. And I think he tried to make it as, as little, as least as what's this, as, uh, unself indulgent as possible. But it, it's still, uh, fuck it. Steven Spielberg biopic directed by Steven Spielberg written by Steven. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's, and it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, all right. But the documentary was just better. The documentary was just better. Um, but, but I can't, it, the Fablemans isn't, it's not bad. Like I was engaged the whole way again, bec- it's kind of the same thing with, um, with, um, uh, as, uh, <laughs> um, um, <laughs> what the fuck? 
there was something else that was engaging. Be- oh, the, the offer that, that movie about the Godfather, which I saw at the new Beverly on 35 millimeter original film. Fucking incredible. Still not my favorite mafia movie ever. That's good fellas. But the Godfather being able to see it in a theater is incredible. And if you have a chance to see it in a theater on original film, you should do it still. There's about a zillion other movies I'd rather watch instead, but I finally, uh, I can appreciate the Godfather for what it is. It's great. Still not better than Goodfellas, but the the offer that shitty show with Miles Teller about the making of the Godfather, and after watching the Godfather like in its proper form, that sh- that movie deserves such a better show than what the offer was. But the offer was compelling because it's about the making of the Godfather, so it's kind of resting on that. It's like oh, like how good do we even have to make it even though it should have been better? It's like, that's what has you engaged even though the show's not good. That's what had me engaged in the Fablemans because it's just like, oh, oh, this is Steven Spielberg and him making his first movies and how he did that. And it's cool. And it, it was a lot of everything. A lot of it was just like the talent that's inside of him. And yeah, there was other stuff going on behind the, the, <laughs> behind the scenes that was, that was driving him to it. Um, so, so, so again, so there's that that has you hooked in. Paul Dano is great as Paul Dano is great in everything he's in. Um, uh, the kid who plays Stevens. See, this is the thing. Like the camera loves Paul Dano. Like <laughs> it, it loves him. The kid who plays Steven Spielberg. I don't think the camera really loved him that much. Like I, he was good. He was fine. But like they, they should have just done what they did with the Irishman. <laughs> Where they aged Robert De Niro from 75 to like 35. They should have just aged Steven Spielberg down, put his face onto a small kid's body and just had like, they just had, I mean, Steven Spielberg can act. He's at the end of blues brothers. Um, they should have just done that. They should have done the facial. They, they should have done that. That would have been so much better. Cause the kid who plays, Spiel, that would have been so insane if they had done that. Um, but, uh, they, I, the kid who plays Spielberg, it's just kind of like, all right, it, it, he's the main character, but he's actually like the least interesting character because like, I, I, he just was like, I, I didn't think the actor who played him was that good. Um, but, but at the same time, it's like, it can't be, see who would, who you have to cast who they cast. Cause I don't like who else you like, that's the problem. Like who's the one who's like the kid who could do that now? Like, I don't even know. Um, so like, I wasn't, I didn't think the kid was that great. Um, and then like Seth, Michelle Williams is in it and she's got a horrible haircut. Like the movie editing and cutting is great. Whoever cut her hair, it's, it's like distracting. It's so bad. She's a douchebag kind of like, she's really like, she's just a douchebag. I don't know if Steven Spielberg's mom was actually like this, but she's just a douchebag. <laughs> and then the hair makes her even a bigger douchebag. And like, she does this dance on her, on the camping trip, like this camping trip they go on that I'm like, Oh, get her out of here. Um, and then she breaks up her marriage. Spoiler alert for fucking Seth Rogen. Um, like, like Paul Dano, like poor Paul Dano, he he actually gives his kids like he works hard. He gives his kids this like great life. And she's just like, no, I'm more into the Seth Rogen um, who like God, like, you know, like, look, I don't I really don't have a problem with Seth Rogen. But when when you're watching a movie 
and then he comes on screen and you hear him laughing. It's just kind of like, like I can't now it's a Seth Rogen movie, but this isn't a Seth Rogen movie, but like when Seth Rogen laughs in a Seth Rogen movie, it works when it's not a Seth, a Seth Rogen movie. And you hear that God awful laugh. You're just like, Oh man, this just became a Seth Rogen movie, even though it isn't. Um, so that was that. I mean, that, that didn't ruin it for me, but like Michelle Williams kind of ruined it for me. I just, I didn't like her at all. Um, I was like, God damn it. Like, let her go. Let her go to Seth Rogen. Like, fuck it. Um, and then, and, and then there was something where it's like Steven Spielberg is literally like, I mean, he was like a great director. He was better than most directors when he was literally just a little kid. Oh, the car accident's about to happen for, for Keaton. Um, the, why the fuck is he even driving to be, he's in this black road in a blizzard in a, in like this old Chevy Oldsmobile. That's not, or like, is that even a thing? A Chevy Oldsmobile? Um, he's just like, dude, just pull over. <laughs> um, that's it. There goes his blues career. Now he's going to have a career as a snowman. <laughs> I honestly better, better career choice than, than blue, than uh, white bluesman. Um, but oh, Jeff Healy's another one. Jeff Healy's great. The, he's the one that plays the guitar player in Roadhouse. He's awesome. Uh, see, he's cool because he's actually blind. <laughs> wow, I wonder if Jeff Healy was he born blind or was he like white blues musicians are not cool? I've got to go the extra mile, <laughs> take my eyesight away. Um, but uh, but anyway, back to uh, the Failmans. Yeah, so uh. He's like a like when he was like five, he was a better director than like most directors. Um, so, um, like I mean, he so he was great. I mean, he's making these like great movies. He like he, there's a great scene where he finds a way to make like he makes like a western, and he's looking at like the the kids shooting the guns, and he's like, God, it just looks fake because there's no like effect that makes it seem like the guns going off. So he puts in a a really like clever effect to, to make it happen. And so like throughout the movie, the whole thing is like Paul Dano thinks he, it's just a hobby. Um, like he, he's not dismissive of it, but he doesn't take it seriously, but it's also like, yo Dano, like, cause Paul Dano plays this, like, I think he plays like an engineer, like a really like smart guy who's really takes pride in what he does. He's really into it. But then like, I don't know that I buy that he wouldn't think his son is fucking sick at filmmaking. Like he makes this war movie when he's like, I don't even know how old, like eight, nine. It's like an insanely good war movie with like a lot of emotion. I don't know that I buy that Dana would be like, it's just a hobby in that like calm Paul Dano voice. I'm like, wait, what? Like, so like that didn't really like hit me. Like it does in some movies. Like he's like, Paul Dano's like a good dad. He like loves his kids and provides for his kids. I I don't, the the whole, like that his dad is dismissive of what he wants to do. wasn't landing with me because I don't buy that. He wasn't blown away by what his son was doing. Um, but then also like Spielberg, like he wants him to make this, this, uh, this, this movie for, I, I don't, I don't want to spoil too much of it actually, but like, I just, I didn't buy that. I was like, if he was a, just a shit dad, 
then it'd be like, oh, okay, but like he's a good. I I just didn't buy it. I I didn't buy that he saw this movie because you see the look on his face. He's like genuinely like impressed. I I don't buy this whole like oh it's just a hobby. Um, I I I I just didn't. You know what? There was there was a lot of things going on in the movie because you have what his dad's dealing with, what his mom's dealing dealing with, what he's dealing with, him making movies. Then they move or then they move like three times. There's a lot going on, and, and I understand why. Because, like, I, again, it's like you don't want you don't want Steven Spielberg to just be there making movies. You want to see what's fueling his his creativity. Like I said, there's just a lot. There's a lot going on, and I, I, like my favorite parts were the parts where he's making movies. That that like it's kind of one of those things where it's like when you see a movie, do you really? I guess that's my whole thing. I just I don't like even though I do it for a living. I know what I put into mine, but like, does anybody really care? Like what, when, I guess that's just like when there's a Q and a after a movie, I never stay. Cause I don't know that I really care or like I do care. I should probably care more. Um, I don't know. I do care. I shouldn't say that. I, I just don't like Q and A's, but but anyway, but but no, it's like the best parts of the movie were when Spielberg is 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 like making a movie, and the 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 least fun parts are the stuff that's going on, like behind, like with his life, with the family life, like, and and but 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 again, like I said, I understand why they had it, but I feel like the scenes with what's going on maybe could just been a little shorter. I don't know. I can't tell. It was two hours and 30 minutes, but oddly I was invested the whole time. Um, and, and it, it's, it's good. It, 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 I can't say it's a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. It is a good movie. Um, it's just one. And then like the end, you know what it is? You just, you know, Spielberg becomes Spielberg. I think that's what it is. It's like, I know he became Spielberg. I like, I don't like, okay. He's a child of divorce. That's terrible. You don't wish that on anybody, but like, his life wasn't that bad. And you know what? Actually, it kind of comes through in his movies. Like his movies aren't made by some tortured soul. His movies are made by someone who just absolutely fucking loves movies. And you know, that that's what the movies that that's what the movie is. I think they were trying to make it like it was more, it was like this. I just, I didn't buy this like torture. I, I didn't buy that. He, again, I can't, I'm not, I'm not a child of divorce, so I can't speak to that. I, I'm sure it's devastating to a young kid, especially when you find out the way that Spielberg finds out, which it was actually kind of cool how he kind of, how they did that. But, um, uh, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Steven Spielberg and the Spielberg family. He is, Yes, he's tortured. Uh, there's a part of the movie where it goes like, I for, completely forgot about this. There's a part of the movie where that goes like full school ties and he deals with like pretty hardcore anti-Semitism at this new school that he's at. Okay, I, I take back what I said. Uh, he's pretty tortured. Uh, these guys torment the hell out of him for being Jewish. And uh, yeah, I, I apologize to the uh, to my um, Jewish people and <laughs> Israeli uh, listeners. Yes. Okay. He, he, he did have it hard. Um, I don't know. There was just, there, I liked the movie a lot. There was just something off and it might just be Michelle Williams bangs. Um, it might just be that. And I'm not going to try to overthink it cause it might just be that cause they're fucking very distracting and she's very annoying. Um, 
and but no, like like for sure see it. Um, but the end is such a flex because it's like you know what we know what happened with Steven Spielberg and he's the like the greatest filmmaker of our time. The end is just a fucking flex. It's like all right, dude. Like all right, like because you know what if he was so adamant about about adding the family stuff and what and what 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 he was dealing with then he should have ended the movie on that because we know we know he becomes steven spielberg like we like the end i was just kind of like yeah you're now you're just bragging <laughs> it's like you know okay cool story like and, and and i'm sure it happened but like we get it we we know like all you literally had to do was just find like some just a, a little bit more subtle way just uh, if it had, if it had ended a little bo- on a little more subtle way, then when you see at the end directed by Steven Spielberg, it's just kind of like man, wow. But the end is just kind of like, uh, oh, by the way, like this also happened, and I have the greatest life ever. <laughs> like I don't know, it, it just um, or I've had the greatest movie career ever. I, it just kind of felt like a flex that <laughs> didn't need to be there, but like, whatever. Uh, it, yeah, it, it, it's a good movie. I, I can't hate on it. Um, but, uh, you know what I didn't like? And then speak, cause it's a, again, it's kind of a movie about like the power of movies. You know what I didn't like is empire of light. And that movie is about the power of movies. And like, if you're going to make a movie about the power of movies, you got to make a better movie because Empire Light, which was directed by Sam Mendes, who did American Beauty and, you know, he did American Beauty. And I'm again, I, I could never direct a movie like Sam Mendes does. I, he's a great director, but it's kind of like he's got American Beauty and like what else? I mean, okay, Road to Perdition, but how often do we talk about Road to Perdition? Okay, I've never, like, sat around the poker table just fucking quoting Road to Perdition. And then, like, I think Revolutionary Road, another one. Like, I'm not on a, I'm not, we're not, I don't go on many dates, and we're bonding over Revolutionary Road. Um, and then there's another one. Okay, he did Skyfall, which Skyfall was fine. Uh, I liked Skyfall, the James Bond movie. But, like, Sam Mendes, again, very, very incredibly talented artist. Eh. Like, <laughs> like what? It's just kind of like, eh. you got American beauty and, and kudos. It's a great movie, but like, eh. <laughs> it's like, so like I see empire of light and, and like it's filmed beautifully. Like he's a, the like he, he's, his movies just look incredibly well. He's a great director, but, eh. <laughs> but like, I didn't like Empire of Light. Uh, and I don't know if people are loving it or not. I, I haven't even really checked. I uh, I was just like, I didn't know anything about it. I've seen the trailers um, and they don't really give much away. They allude to maybe what it could be. But so these people work. So it takes place at a, at a at basically like the new Beverly, uh, but in England. Although I take that back. It takes place at a movie up oh, there. Stevie Ray Vaughan. They're watching on TV. But see, Stevie Ray Vaughan actually was kind of cool. Oh, I'll give him that. Um, his brother, Jimmy Vaughn, not that cool. Because <laughs> his brother, Jimmy Vaughn, was, I think, like trying to be like Stevie Ray Vaughan. And I think it came off more like Michael Keaton and Jack Frost here. But, um, but uh, okay, so Empire of Light, these people work at a movie theater, this like beautiful movie theater in like the British, like in this like British, like beach town in the 80s. It's like 81, I think. And the movie's basically about Olivia Coleman forgets to take her Valium 
or no, I'm sorry, her lithium. And so I'm like, cause, cause I'm like, what is this movie? And then you, but you see, she takes lithium. She has severe mental issues. Um, so that's the movie. It, I mean, she, she just has this lonely life works at a movie theater. Uh, she meets this guy, this younger guy that she, you know, has a bond with and connected with, but then she shows she's feeling good. She, she meets somebody that like brings out kind of like the, the, if there's been something inside of her, that's been dead, this guy kind of brings it to life. And she's like, I don't need to take my, uh, lithium anymore. And bad idea genes <laughs> because, um, that's just not a good idea. So so she show and then she just has a complete you know like cuckoo's nest breakdown but anyway so but they work at a movie theater and the whole movie is kind of about like the magic of movies so throughout the whole movie you're seeing the marquees and it's like the blues brothers and all that jazz and then there's a poster even in the in the lobby for the last waltz and they're playing being there and uh what else are they playing uh they're playing like the great a raging bull and, I, and I'm watching the movie and I'm just like, man, uh, I'd rather watch the movies that you're playing at this theater way more than this movie. And then you're getting into a, a movie about the magic of movies, but your movie is just about a woman who forgets to stops taking her, her lithium. <laughs> so it gets like kind of dark and there's like, there's this one scene with skinheads that's like super dark. And I'm just like, Yo, like, <laughs> I don't care how well this movie's shot. Like, this movie's just like, why? If again, if you're gonna make a movie about the power of movies, make a better movie. Like, at least the Fablemans, I'll give it that. Like, it's 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 it is good for for a few of the flaws that I thought were in it. It's good, but like, Empire of Light just wasn't that good. And I like, again, every time I saw a movie poster, I saw the Last Waltz. I was just like, uh, can they just like? put the last waltz on and then just like, can we just watch the last waltz through Olivia Coleman <laughs> watching the last waltz? Like I, I was just every single, the marquee kept changing and that's all I could, th- I could think about. I, I really didn't like it. My friend loved it, but I, I was just like, I, I'm not the audience for this. I, I, I just, I couldn't get into it. Um, I just couldn't, uh, at all. Uh, so that's not Camp Goodbye Rock of the Week. Fablemans, it's not. You see the Fablemans. See what you think. It's like a fun, it's a fun get around the, the TV around the holidays and throw it on. It's fun for that. Um, Noel Diary, you can skip. That movie is so shitty. Uh, I'm sorry. That movie is terrible. Uh, it's this new Netflix movie with Kevin from this is us who that's all that's who he is. He's Kevin from this is us in everything he will ever be in. And he's basically Kevin from this is us in, in Noel diary. And wow, is it a bad movie? It's like a, it's like a, uh, somebody said this, it's like a, a, a holiday rom-com, but filmed like a horror movie there. It's very bizarre. Like there's one shot where, I mean, you guys, again, you guys don't even need to watch it. Like, there's one shot where he's talking to this girl who's like the love interest. And then, like, the shot goes from behind their car. The car is approaching a train crossing. And you, like, for a minute, you think that the train is going to just blast this car in half. Uh, Like, I was like, what was that shot? Like, 
and there's just it's very it's very bizarre it's a very bizarre movie uh that i i don't recommend it's really bad um yeah i i I don't recommend it at all it's terrible but uh so but so yeah fableman's i think is camp good by record of the week if you haven't watched white lotus season two watch that uh empire light is not camp good by record of the week uh you know what there's this movie love hard i gotta say i've been watching a lot of holiday rom-coms because my the thing is my script gets more and more rom-commy as as i as i go so i've really just been kind of taking in more rom-coms but the holiday ones because now mine it t- takes place on a holiday which i was i was kind of skeptical of but it actually kind of works so i've been watching holiday rom-coms and, and they're all shitty like i watched the Lindsay lohan one which i didn't like but it was good to see Lindsay lohan in that setting again um so I, I'm I'm kind of I'm hoping the Lohan essence happens happens. Uh, the movie's really shitty, but I was like, oh, Lohan's back, and she's back. Kind of like it's like if she was going to be back, like let's not try to have let's not try to force her into like a Paul Schrader movie. Like let's get her back to like Hallmark, ABC Family, Disney, and then let's slowly get her back maybe into like a like because when she was in like that Robert Altman movie, it was like oh okay. Um, even though that seemed kind of weird, but then she was in a Paul Schrader movie and it was kind of like, yeah, but no, like let's, 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 let's ease her back into this. So the, the, the Christmas movie she's in was a nice sort of like, all right, let's, let's, let's get Lohan back here. Um, but the movie's fucking terrible. Love hard. I was like, okay, what is this? And I watched it. I was like, ah, this is kind of lame. But then the more it went on, I was like, ah, this is actually not. There's like, it's not a good movie, but there's a there's a charm to it that I didn't mind. And the premise is is fine. Again, not Camp Good Boy Wreck of the Week, but um, but the, so okay. So there's there's the usual just like you know, girl is with the wrong guy and the the guy that she should be with is like right in front of her. But usually the guy that's right in front of her, like it's usually like Patrick Dempsey, and like Josh Lucas or like, or like even like Seth Rogen. So see, like it knocked up oddly. I believed like at the end, like him and Catherine Heigl together at the end i was like you know what i get it i believe it i i see it i believe it 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 it, it, it's that whole thing of just like maybe she this this beautiful woman should be with like um a better looking guy and then she she realized she gets over her shit and she realized the guy who's the best for her is this guy that she probably never would have given the time of day but like again like i said like with seth rogan I was like, I, I kind of get it. I buy it. Although they don't really make the movie where the, the really hot guys with the kind of ugly girl and I, maybe they should try doing that. Um, but anyway, so with love hard, it's a movie about a girl in LA trying to find like, you know, she's trying to find like Patrick Dempsey, uh, but she's striking out and then she matches with this dude in like Lake in Lake Placid who, but she doesn't. And she's just like this perfect, like beanie dude. Like he wears the beanie. That's like, hangs back off his head and he's like just this awesome dude and they're connecting what she doesn't realize is she's being catfished by that comedian jimmy o yang um so then she flies there uh stays with the guy but then she she realizes that it's jimmy o yang <laughs> and not this hot beanie dude and and uh, long story short, you know how it goes, how rom coms go. They end up together. But it was the first time that I've seen that they they end up together. That I was just like, 
wait a second. Like she, this, it's this Nina Dobrov or Dobrev who, who's stunning. Uh, and then Jimmy O Yang, that's, that's who feed catfishes her. And again, at the end, like they end up together and they kiss, but I was just like, what? <laughs> like, what? what? Like, yes, you're rooting for it. Cause he's a good dude. But I was like, what <laughs> that? No, I like, he like, no, I like this. I believe that they would be friends and then she would go back and just try to find again. Like she's not going to just chase the hot guy. Like she's going to chase what's inside. But like, I just didn't, the two of them have chemistry for sure, but they don't have, we end up together uh, where happily ever after chemistry. Uh, very weird. I don't recommend it. None of you are going to watch it because I don't think you come to camp. Good boy for Christmas rom-com recommendations. But if you are so inclined, if you're just bored and you're kind of cu- stuck in the holiday spirit, like check it out because it's, it's, it's what it's perfectly watchable. Um, but I was just like, just watch it for, if you agree with my, what? <laughs> like, just watch it for that. Cause I didn't, I was like, you gotta be, this doesn't, I, I, they, they need to ch- like, I was just like, the, okay, yes. Chemistry. Yes. But physical, here's the thing. It's the physical chemistry that they just, they did, they, they just don't have. Whereas like, again, like in, in knocked up, I'm like, man, like I, I gotta say, I, oddly buy this um i just do and there's been a lot of other movies where i buy it. but going back to uh good looking guy and not so good looking girl that's an interesting one that they, they should probably try doing that <laughs> i'm surprised that hasn't been a thing oh it kind of has like that was britney runs a marathon was kind of that but not really but kind of but not but no nah, not really but kind of um so uh yeah i think that's all i wanted to talk about um uh, so let's get into, uh, I think we've got about two minutes left. Let's get in some shout outs again. I'm sorry if this is like a scrappy episode. I just, um, I wanted to get one in for you guys, uh, because I felt bad, but I also need to get to work and I'm losing daylight here. Uh, so let's get into some shout outs. Here we go right now. Let's go one sec. Where is it? Shout it out. Okay, here we go, guys. Sorry. I'm sorry. I know you don't like when I take breaks for my work, but like it, it is what it is and I'm back and I promise you I will try to get back to a more regular program or maybe like, or maybe I need to adjust because that's the thing. Maybe I should do three a month or maybe I do two a month. We'll figure it out. I'll, I'll think about it and uh, I'll let you guys know because uh, I like doing this and I like doing it every week and I don't like missing it. And, but sometimes when you get busy, get busy, but I wonder if I maybe just take the pressure off a little bit to do it every week. And if I maybe did it like twice a month, that would, uh, that would, we could avoid this whole, um, this whole, um, you know, me missing it. So, so let's get in some shout outs. I don't have them written down, but I'm just going to go to the comment section here. Let's go. And yeah. Hey, shout out Thin Wild Mercury. Big shout out. Big frothy, juicy shout out. Hey, shout out Betsy Linz. Shout out. Uh, hey, shout out Garita Supreme. Shout out. Uh, hey, shout out Carbon Lit. Shout out. Um, hey, shout out Teddy Gilmore. Shout out. Uh, hey, shout out. Let's see. One. Let's go two more. 
Hey, shout out Double B. Shout out. And last one. Let's make it a good one. Last one of 2022. Shout out to Dirty Reynolds. Hey, shout out Dirty Reynolds. Shout out, guys. Thanks for supporting the page. Thanks for listening if you are listening. And that is it. I'm going to get to work. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We did it. We did this. And look, look, you know, this was a different show than it was this time last year. So 2022, hey, you know, I've had better years, but, you know, these years happen. You don't want them to happen, but they happen. And you can either... You know, you can either, I don't know, you, you, everybody deals with this shit differently. Uh, every, like, you know, everybody does, but these years happen and I'd rather they happen when I'm, you know, 95 years old, but they happen when I'm 40 years old and there's nothing I can do. I've kind of got, I've obviously gone into the, how I've been dealing with everything on that first podcast I did solo. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do a rerun of that, but, uh, you guys got it. And yeah, this has been an interesting year. Uh, I can't say it's been, it has been all bad, but I, with what's that quote where it's just like, you know, it's, it happened. And there's things that you, when you do, when that happens, your life changes and you learn new things about yourself. And again, you don't want to do it, but it's just the way kind of life goes sometimes. Um, so basically thank you everybody for sticking around on the show. I didn't know how this was going to go. Uh, I had, was having fun with it. I, I had, despite that one episode I did after Brandon passed away, I, I actually had fun with it despite what I was talking about. So thank you all for continuing to listen to this show. Thank you for listening to it when we first started it. Thank you for listening to it when we were doing it, just the two of us. And thank you for listening to it with just me. And I can't wait to keep it going. And I'm sorry that, uh, that I missed the past two weeks and that it got kind of busy here when the, in the past three months, really, where I wasn't be able to do it every week. But maybe I'll do it. I'm wondering if I just take the pressure off a little bit and do twice a month. Maybe, maybe that will be just a little bit easier. But again, I, it, the thing is, it's easy for me to fit this in. <laughs> so like when I get back to a, a more manageable schedule, I'll, I'll probably hopefully get back. I'll do it once a month or I'll do it fucking once a week. What am I talking about? It's not that hard to fit it in. But when I have a deadline, I, like I said, literally all my creative energy goes to work. But so that's the thing. So thank you guys for, for continuing to stick with camper with camp. Good boy. I appreciate it. I'm sure, you know, my brother, wherever he is in the cosmos and the universe appreciates it. Uh, we're going to keep it rocking and rolling in 2023. Get your goat soap stocking stuffer, goatsoap.com, 20% off. If you're looking for a last stocking stuffer, get on it. You only got to, I mean, it might be too late now, but like get on it in the new year. Um, and yeah, just thank you so much for uh, continuing to listen and continuing to support the memes and the show. And uh, let's just keep this camp open. Let's keep doing it. Let's keep rocking. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And I will talk to you guys in 2023. Freshly painted cabins, stocked up on the goat soap, 
uh, fresh linens on the, on the beds. Uh, and we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good year. We're going to keep this campfire burning. And that's all I got to say about that. Have a good one, guys. I will talk to you soon. Take it easy. Bye.